Do you have somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's reading with you, thinking that you're just going to love her latest selection? And inevitably, you just can't stand that book that they suggested. That's us. <laughs> we both read a lot. Well, I don't even read, I listen. But we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I enjoy books that build up new worlds that invite magic and mystery into our lives. Science, fiction, and fantasy rule. I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality. You can keep your elves and space operas. Welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books, and each month we'll alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have picked up on her own. Even a book that isn't entirely your style might have some redeeming qualities to it, right? We'll see. We will see. Well, we also have to do our spoiler alert at Already? the start. We haven't even said anything yet. I know, but we should probably just get it going so okay. that people remember that there are spoilers and we need to alert them to it. Go for it. Um, spoiler alert! There could be spoilers in here, and we're going to discuss the whole thing, including any endings and magical twists. So if you haven't read it yet, which you're totally going to want to, don't uh, let us spoil anything for you. Please stop listening and join us after you've read it because you're going to read it. There's, there's it? no decision that you're not going to read it. What is it? Oh, the book. Oh, we yeah. should tell them what the book is yeah. before they decide not to be spoiled by sure. it. Sure. Okay. I have actually messed up the title on this several times <laughs> recently. Okay. So I'm going to read it. Okay. When we were Vikings. Yes. And I consistently want to say when they were Vikings mm. or when we weren't Vikings. Or I'm just really the final, the start word and the end word I'm good with. Okay. It's the middle ones. I was having trouble. I was calling it back when we were Vikings. That's good too. But so we were close. You expanded it. Yes. And I just kept shuffling around the middle <laughs> words into some semblance of almost normalcy. So it's called When We Were Vikings by Andrew David McDonald. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we even get into anything about the author or the book or the themes, I feel a need to explain myself slightly. Okay. Because in our intro, I always say, like, science fiction and fantasy are the best. That's mm -hmm. all I ever read. Everything else just is horrible and I hate it. <laughs> right? I mean, it's You're a implied. little more subtle than that, but yeah. Yeah, but people have picked it up. <laughs> this is our 21st podcast. Holy cow. Our podcast is like a legal age now. It Drink could, a beer. It should it, toast itself. It could toast itself. And so I figured I would try something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And also, this book tricked me. So, <laughs> so you listened to it. You didn't read it, which is our norm. But I actually saw this um, in, like, a book marketing display. Okay. And the cover was really kind of pretty. And mm -hmm. I saw the title. And I thought, Vikings. <laughs> Who knows what that could be? But it's in the fiction section. And so I just picked it up. Mm -hmm. And I read the insert. <clears throat> and there wasn't a ton of descriptive information just in the, the general overview of what the book was about. So I thought... Give this a try. I don't know what's going to happen with it. So it is neither science fiction nor fantasy. Nope. There are no magical elements to it. Nope. Almost no magical elements to it. But I still enjoyed it. Well, and I could see if you just read the flap, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Because the names are so weird. The names are, <laughs> like, they should be in a science fiction or fantasy. Zelda. Zelda, Gert, mm -hmm. AK-47. Yes. <laughs> Hamza, although that's just a maybe a traditional Muslim yeah. name. Um, Not Hendo. <laughs> Hendo. <laughs> Toucan. Mm -hmm. uh, Big Todd. Right. That one's less magical. Yes. That's just Fat Man. Fat Man. That is the name <laughs> of a person in this book. Yes, the Fat Man. Um, I can't remember her uncle's name. That one it was like Arthur or something benign. Yeah, totally normal. That one was And then, of there. course, there was my favorite, Carol the Librarian. 
<laughs> Doesn't that just make you feel like pulling your hair into a really tight bun? <laughs> so that you can Yes, so that you can't open your eyes all the way. Well, that's, that's tight. Yeah, that's yeah. neither for our, our many multitudinous listeners out there, neither Christine and I um, generally fit that kind of stereo. I'm doing air quotes right now because you can't see that through the <laughs> microphone. Um, the stereotypical librarian scenario. So uh, it amuses us when we find them in literature. Correct. Because nothing is ever a stereotype. That's Although, why they're a stereotype. Carol was not so stereotypical. She was no. pretty funny. She was fun. <laughs> I knew you'd love this book. I just knew it. I knew it. Did Before you? we started recording, uh, I may have talked over you several times while I told you that you loved this book. That happens every time, though. So I'm used to that. Yeah, but this one I thought I actually had a chance with. It wasn't just me like <laughs> hyping myself up for the podcast. It was more like, I know she's going to like it. I, at least parts of it, I know she's going to like it because it's neither science fiction nor fantasy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's contemporary literature. Mm-hmm. Like, how did I fall into that? I know that was Again, weird. the book... I tricked me. So um, it's just a fascinating story. So before we get into it a little bit, the author is really kind of low-key. He hasn't done a lot of other stuff. This was his debut novel. Mm -hmm. He's not British. Oh, he's Canadian. So he's like baby British. No, that's, he's not, he's not British. So I feel like that's a point in our favor. (laughs) I mean, because we're trying to break out of our mold a little bit. Because Canadian is so different from British or American. Did you just try and do a Canadian accent while you said that? No. Are you sure? It just came out that way. <laughs> we have some some pals. I mean, it just came out that way. Oh, you're going to be in trouble now. <laughs> we have Canadian listeners. They're going to come get you. We don't. Yeah, we've got at least one. <laughs> but so anyway, so he's, he's from um, Alberta. Mm-hmm. And this is his first book. It came out really early in 2020. Um, and typically, I try and pick books that like... I read one as a teenager yeah. or things that have stuck with me throughout the years. And this one's a little deviation from that, too, because mm-hmm. it's, it, just, it just came out. And uh, he hasn't done anything else, so I didn't have anything else to compare it to. Mm-hmm. He's a writer by trade. Like, this is all he does. So yeah. it's a little different than some of our other books yeah. we've talked about. Well, I can see why you picked it, because, drumroll, I really liked it. <laughs> Oh, I'm afraid so, you're going to fall I'm off so, your chair. I, I, I should Calm not down. do that. I Calm know. Down. Deep I liked it a lot. Oh I thought gosh. it was charming. I thought it was well-written. I thought it was sympathetic. The thing I was really worried about is um, that I was going to get too worried yeah. about, because, you know, I, we've talked about this a lot in the past, mm-hmm. where you need a sympathetic character, otherwise you don't care what happens. Yes. But if you get a sympathetic character who you're too sympathetic to, and they make poor decisions... That makes my gut just Ooh. flip over nine times and I get all sweaty and I get all anxious. And yeah. I sometimes with movies, I have to stop watching them because I get so anxious about it. So this, I was really worried that Gert was going to do something horrible and I was going to have to go into the book, use the, <laughs> the air affair. Um, You're going to be a jurisdictionist, yes? Yes, and then yes. I was going to have to go in the book and slap him and then come back out. But okay. I did not have to do that because it ended up being okay. So do you want to do a quick synopsis so that anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about can catch up a little? So that people don't misunderstand why you want to go beat up fictional characters? Yeah, who are very big and very scary. Yes, they, they are indeed based on the descriptions we read about. And his name was Gert. That's a little freaky, too, because Gert is usually Gert, short for Gertrude, Gertrude. And so you think of that oh, as funny. a female name, and he was very male. He was, and his girlfriend is named AK-47. Yeah, and that well, was I mean, weird, too. Not really. Right, but, yeah. Annie. Yes, right. Annie. So this book is, it's got so many layers to it. So in general, it's following the story of a young lady named Zelda. And she is 21 when you enter the book, and it's over a pretty short period of time. 
and she has a birthday and all those kinds of things. And it's just a story about family and about how you build family. And the interesting thing about this is that our main character, Zelda, is differently abled. So the book um, tells you that she has, she was born with fetal alcohol syndrome. And then you also, if you're not familiar with fetal alcohol syndrome, you also, as you're reading along the way, you think she might be somewhere on the autism scale. There's some, some indicators in there as well. So she lives with her brother, Gert, mm -hmm. and it's just the two of them. And the rules. There are and a lot of rules. <laughs> there are rules posted place. She lives with one human person. Right, yes. And a variety of paper products that have <laughs> rules listed on them or in her head. Um, she goes to day classes mm -hmm. at her local community center with other uh, adults with developmental dislays, dis disabilities. disabilities and delays. Mm -hmm. um, she And it's the story of her growing up, kind of. She, uh, she turns 21. She has a birthday party. She has fights with her family. Um, she, she tries to enter womanhood through mm -hmm. her first sexual encounter that she plans out very thoroughly. Yes. Um, but the, the part that is just charming is her brother is a very flawed character. Mm -hmm. She's got her own flaws as well, but sure. they're, you're led to believe as a reader that that's just because her brain is operating a little bit differently. It's not because she's trying to do things that are wrong like Great right. does. Well, and she is very self-aware yes. of her flaws. And Gert, maybe, but he doesn't let on that he is. Yes. Yeah, so she's, um, and she's obsessed with Vikings, yes, which is why it's called When We Were Vikings. She loves them. And so she decides early on in the book that she wants to be legendary, mm -hmm. and she needs to do things that would make her legendary. So she needs to uh, have a quest, mm -hmm. and she needs to save a fair maiden. <laughs> she does. Her boyfriend, Marksy, is the fair maiden she decides to save. And he's delighted to be her fair maiden. He is. It's an adorable it's story. But it's got. it's definitely got its um, scary moments in it, because mm -hmm. she, is, she is a young woman, and it does not appear to the reader that it is apparent from external cues to other people that you might be able to look at that person and say, oh, you know, I should treat them uh, with kid gloves on certain topics mm -hmm. because you, you can't, there's no visible factors. Right. And so she's like, at one point in the book, she's almost raped. Yep. Um, she's trying to like use a bus on her own and she's working through the process. It was just a fascinating story and she is such a likable, yeah. wonderful character. Yeah. So, ha, I knew you were going to like this book. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I <laughs> Good job, you. vindicated. It only took me 11 book picks. You know what? If you just try a little harder, maybe I'll even love the next one more. I don't remember what I'm going to pick next, but I'm going to have to go back and look now because <laughs> how do I top this moment? I know, it's true. It's, it's a hard one. It will one. be hard to top. It is a hard one. Well, I, I, I'm so glad to hear you like this book. Love it, nay, you know, if we're going sure. to just jump over that. And there's so many pieces to hear that I thought were interesting that we could talk about. Mm -hmm. And the first one that comes right from the title is the idea about Vikings. Right. Because, uh, so I remember being in school, like elementary, middle school, and you would read books about, like, mythology and Norse legends and Vikings, and they were kind of romanticized at that point in time, you know, like, um, they're going off on their boat and they're conquering countries and they're doing this, and that, and the other. And then when you get older and you realize what may have been some of the actual practices of Vikings, yes. um, you have a slightly different mindset about yeah. that whole process, about the theft of other people's countries and peoples and women. Yes. And um, she's looking at it from a very different viewpoint. And what I kind of picked up from the storyline was that she likes the black and white of the yeah. stories that you get from mythology. I don't know if she fixated on uh, 
Vikings and Norse mythology because that was what was available to her. But when you read the stories, there's there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer. Yeah. There is always a process that they go through. You know, you're gonna you've got your quest, you find your fair maiden, you go through the process at the end, you get a happy ending, or you don't if you did something wrong. Right. And it gives her a structure that her family life doesn't. Right. And I just thought that was a really nice play into it. Yeah, I think that um, the author did a really nice job of weaving her um, rules, be they self-imposed or rules that she picks up from other yeah. folks. Um, and then with Dr. Laird, who's her therapist, he does a nice job of kind of trying to chip away at those rules to let her have a little more freedom and a little more um, to trust herself more. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I thought it was a really nice struggle between her brother, who absolutely adores her and will do anything for her and has basically not given up his life for her, but he's put his life on hold for her. Yep, he's for a caretaker. Sure. Yeah, and so he freaks out when they start talking about having sex. Yeah. And Pearl, who's her boyfriend's mother, Marcy is her boyfriend, mm -hmm. you would think that because she's a suburban mom and she seems to be, you know, wealthier and kind of got her act together, and in fact, at one point she says, I'm just so tired of always holding it together. Mm -hmm. So that was a like a telling little moment. But you would think that she would freak out at her son <laughs> wanting to have sex. But yeah. she actually had a much more um, reasonable viewpoint about, well, he's an adult man. And of course, he's going to want to have sex. And yep. we're going to make this as reasonable as possible as we can for both of them. <laughs> and Gert was having none of it. Gert was like, la, 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 fingers in my ear. I'm not listening. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the, the parent-child relationship is supposed to be different than a sibling sure. relationship. Not that either one of those groups particularly wants to hear about right. sex with their right. children their loved one. or their loved one or anything <laughs> like that. But it was, it was so nice to see their stories play out. Um, I... Um, do not have anybody in my family that has a developmental disability or delay that I'm aware of. Right. But it read so sweetly and it yeah. read like it read like it felt accurate. Right. That of course they would want to be close to other people and of course they want to go to school and have close relationships and friends and live on their own. Just because you have something that's a little different than the mainstream right. doesn't mean you don't want to live your life fully, right. including things like sex. Right. Yes. And I loved also how adamant she was about contributing to the tribe. Yes. She wanted to give her $37.50 to Gert so that he could go back to school and could make a lot of money later and get health insurance. So yeah. she had snippets and she didn't quite see how they all fit together, yeah. but she, you know, was very literal about everything and took it very, um, she was very responsible yes. about um, life, and she wanted to participate, and she wanted to contribute, and her getting a job was just a fabulous thing, and then it inspired two of her friends to get jobs, too, yes. and so it does kind of give a nod to you don't know who you influence or who you um, have an impact on just yes. by living your life. When her brother was trying so hard, you know, the, the backstory that they create in this in this novel is that, you know, the two of them are siblings, and I don't know that I know how wide their age range was, but it wasn't huge. He was under 30, like yeah. a lot under 30. Yeah. And their mother passed away. She had cancer. Right. And then they went to live, the father's out of the picture. Right. They went to live with an uncle. Who uncle tried, Richard, that was his name. Richard. Normal name. Normal yep. name, Richard, yes. Went to live with Uncle Richard, who uh, attempted at one point to molest uh, Zelda. And wasn't there, like, 
and Gert. Yeah, yeah you it, it's kind of whispered or yeah. It, He's doing but something it's never, hinky. Yeah, it's yes. never really, Gert never really says it, but he's like, he was a creep. He was a creep. We, I had to get us out of there. Yes. So Gert got them out, and he got a scholarship to go to college, mm -hmm. but then stresses of life and other things took over, and um, so he starts dealing drugs because right. that's a quick way to make money, apparently. And so she's trying to find this way. Like, I have $37. She's, she's learning about money in right. her, her day classes at the community um, center, and that seems reasonable. Here is her uh, stash, her yes. hoard of money, yes. her Viking pilfered gold. I don't think she actually pilfered it. No. But she did get a job at the library, which I loved. Yes. And I actually wrote down a little quote because she went in for an interview. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the library she normally visits. It was one that was a little further afoot. And Big Todd, who is one of the counselors, I think, at the community center day camp, took her in and they worked mm -hmm. on her resume together. And then she got kind of flustered during the actual process. And so when she was trying to answer, like, why do you want to work at the library? It was stop and start, stop and start, stop and start. And then she finally came back and she said, well, reading is very important. And uh, I want to help other people find books that they wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's, what a perfect answer. <laughs> and I, I love that. <laughs> and I wrote also, because, you know, we do I know. what we do. Yeah, we do. Um, I wrote down a quote from that, which was, libraries are heroic places to work because librarians help people get stronger brains. Yes. <laughs> uh, I always knew that there was a bodybuilder inside of me. Right. And it's, just, it's the brain it's just part. Mental. It's the brain part right. of the bodybuilding. Yeah, it was so, just adorable. So what I really need to ask you is, how could we have gotten this far into the podcast and not talked about AK-47? Because she is the bomb. <laughs> She's awesome. She is she, fabulous. Poor, poor Annie. <laughs> so AK-47 is Gert's on-again, off-again girlfriend. Mm -hmm. She drives a bus. Mm -hmm. She is a kick-butt heroine in mm -hmm. every sense of the word. And she's... Every character in the story, even the little, the little people yeah. that you see, like, just for a couple of pages... You get a full scope of them. Yes, they're is, very well-rounded. Yes. Yeah. And so she's not in most of the beginning of the book, and then right. she filters in further in. But she plays such a pivotal role. Yeah. It was just amazing. Yeah. She's the confidence builder because yes. she, where, where Gert loves Zelda so much that he's kind of, it, it almost incapacitates him. Like he can't Good see clearly. Course, yes. Um, Annie loves her so much and sees the potential and, and wants to set her free. Yeah. And so um, she, when they go shopping for um, clothes for Zelda's interview, she buys her some sexy lingerie, too, because she just decides <laughs> Why she's not? 21 years old and she deserves some sexy underwear. And I just love that she's so matter-of-fact about all of that stuff because that is absolutely how she should be. And she yes. doesn't treat um, Zelda at all with kid gloves. And yeah. she just is straight with her. And I think that is that bond, like Zelda sees through the garbage. Yeah. So she loves that Annie is straight with her. Yes. And I love that Annie's nickname is AK-47 because she's dangerous when she gets quiet because she's normally <laughs> such a spaz that she's like a gunshot going I off. About that. <laughs> yeah, Annie's, Annie is... Um... She's, she really is a pivotal character in yeah. this. And we've talked in other podcasts about the importance of the family you have versus the family you've made or found. Yeah. And this is, this is exactly it. So yeah. Zelda and Gert don't have a lot of family left that they can count on. Right. And uh, neither does AK-47. Right. And so they found each other and they've made their own little tribe. Right. And so Zelda is going to protect that tribe in whatever way she can. 
And Annie does the same thing back because, yeah. you know, when you connect with people, you want them, you care for them, you want to take them shopping and do fun stuff like yeah. that, but you also want to protect them. And as the story continues, and Zelda is trying so hard to protect Gert, yeah. who is just spiraling. Yeah. Um, you know, Gert's gotten in too deep with some of the men that are doing the drug dealing, and they, he gets beat up at one point. And um, Zelda makes a, a poor choice to go and confront them with a saber yes. or an, a Viking sword. I'm not sure what yeah, kind of it's weapon hard to, it was. It's, I'm picturing it like a almost like a um, letter opener that has runes <laughs> or something on it because it's not. So, I think she said it's it's only 12 or 14 inches. It's oh, I was not going big. like a, ban a bandolier. I was huge <laughs> in my head. She had it like strapped <laughs> her back on the bus. So she's got this weapon and she goes to confront these these men that her brother is working with. Uh, and then, of course, that does not go extremely nope. well. She is not a trained fighter. She's right. she doesn't quite know what she's doing. And Annie comes to rescue and actually takes a bullet for her. Yeah. It's just it's it's just a lovely story about how the people you care about can come through for you, even if they're not your blood. Yep. Yes. And sort of along those lines, um, you get the feeling at the beginning of the book that Marcy's mom Pearl doesn't really like yeah. um, Zelda or Gert and yeah. not comfortable with where they live, not comfortable with them as people. Yeah. Gert has tattoos and a shaved head. And so she thinks he's a thug. Um, so she's got all kinds of um, preconceptions about their family. Yeah. But then she sees Zelda and Marcy interact with each other and sees how much, how just smitten, I think, uh, yeah. Marcy is with her. And um, at the end of the book, after... Zelda has broken, or Marcy has broken up with Zelda. Yeah. Um, he, she goes to visit him after he's been injured, and the mom says, Pearl says, this is his real girlfriend. And <laughs> it just, right. I think that's a really touching moment because, yes, he's dating somebody else right now, but this is the one that really made the difference. He's eating, he's uh, dating a little girl who... Um, Eats her hair. Yeah, and she's not a little girl, she's an adult. Yes. And I... Sarah I, Beth. Yes, Sarah Beth. The storyline, I mean, these are adults. Sure. They are 18 and up in this program. But as a society, I think we often kind of infantilize people who do not have the same mental acuity sure. as the mainstream. And so, yeah, I just caught myself right now saying it. The little girl who right. chewed on her. Right. She's not a little girl. She nope. was an adult. Yep. Bad on me. I'm going to watch those. Well, yes. Yep. Um, in a slightly separate vein, I loved casual cursing <laughs> that Zelda used and I shouldn't admit that because it's not you know it's you know this is a work-related podcast but oh, it was just hilarious she picks up these words and pieces from the people in her life like Gert right who, and they're incredibly inappropriate oh yeah and he uses them because he's trying to make a point about what a you know what bad guy he is yes and then she picks him up because he's saying him a lot so she goes around calling people very inappropriate things and she knows that they're bad uh -huh. but i don't think she has the context for nope. it so that amused me greatly every time they popped up actually I, that's funny because that was one of the things where um we work together you are very good about not cursing me not as much me. <laughs> my sailor habit comes out a little a little more readily than yours. And so I'm reading, the, listening to this, and I was like, holy cow, Jessica, what, what happened? So I told you the book tricked me. It and really did. It did. And all the smoking, all the smoking, drive, smoking. drives me bananas. But. Yeah. Especially yeah. for contemporary book, because I get it if it's in the 50s, but eh, anyway. You know, that's, that's our own personal 
Yes. Quirks on that one. For sure. So one of the reviews I was reading of this book, because I, I tried to do my homework, we both sure. do in advance of this, was talking about how they didn't want to like the book because, um, uh, you know, like the, the cover flaps would say things like, this book is going to inspire you. It's oh. going to make you feel good. It's, okay. You know, they compared it to um, the case of the dog in the nighttime right. or um, oh, like the silver lining notebook or, right. or things where you read it and end you think like, oh, yeah, the world's a good place. Right. And that knowing from the outset that the book is trying to inspire you right. made you fight it. <laughs> and I wondered if you had any kind of, because when I read that, I thought, oh, yeah, I don't want a book telling me what to do. You know, because I listen, <laughs> I don't have the flap. Okay. So for better or for worse, um, I had no expectations. Okay. I was just delighted that it was not science fiction or fantasy. I was so excited that automatically I loved it. <sighs> just, just the bar has been set that low. That hurts me. Well, and also, I'm going to have a really hard time with our next <laughs> podcast book because this was an aberration. I know. It's a good story. It is a good story. But it's not my, my, usual, my yeah. usual vein. I really appreciated that th throughout the, the whole storyline, the arc of it, it was about her growing up, about yep. Zelda's life moments, those milestones. But it was also about becoming a self-actualized person, that yeah. she, she knew she wanted to do things, and so she made these lists and she took these steps and even though it wasn't always the right step or the right thing to do, she was trying. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the book, she um, she has her own apartment. Yeah. And so she's able to do this this thing all on her own. She has her own job. She has her own place. And she has finished an arc yeah. of self-actualization. She's not done, obviously, because right. she's 21. Um, but at the end of the book, you learn that her brother has just slept outside because Crying. he doesn't know what to do yeah. without her propping up his life. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder if maybe we'll get a second book that's yeah. just about him. Yeah, that would be interesting because he's, as we were saying, all of the characters are very well developed. Yeah. Um, but I'm so curious about the rest of Gert because he's yes. he keeps all of his emotions inside. Yep. And, and I would say when you were talking about the book being about self-actualization, I totally agree with that. And I would add to that, it's also to me about loyalty. <gasps> yes. Because um, Dr. Laird called the police when he learned that... <clears throat> Gert was dealing was involved with drug dealers because yeah. he had to. That was his obligation. Um, but to Zelda and certainly to Gert, that felt like disloyalty. And yeah. um, AK-47 finally cut ties with yeah. um, this guy that she adores and clearly loves because he needed it, yeah. because she needed to be loyal to herself. Yeah. And um, so it, I think it's a beautiful story, a beautiful story about relationships and self-confidence and... Um, and I was really glad because the other worry that I had was that something really trite was going to happen and Zelda was going to accidentally save the day and oh, then no. she was going to be the, the heroine, but yeah. not because of her, yeah. anything she did. It was yeah. just going to be some accident. So I was actually kind of relieved when Toucan just casually grabs the knife out of her hand and he's like, oops, too bad for you. What are you going to do now? And <laughs> You know, I still was terrified for her, but that was a much more realistic. I would have felt like it was a cheap ending if Absolutely. she had, you know, somehow defeated you No, know, our tough cookie came in and saved the day, which Boy, is what did she. should have happened. Yes. Well, I mean, I feel like a huge winner right now. You I'm are a huge so winner. so gratified that you love, love, loved my book and I it's did. your new favorite thing ever. I did. So tell me, uh, what are we going to read next month? Next month, we're going to go back to um, what to me is kind of a classic. Okay. Uh, contemporary classic, Tana French's um, The Likeness. And I first read that maybe 10 years ago um, for a book club and a book club of librarians. Ooh. 
and it Oof. was my introduction to Tana French, and I've read probably six, maybe five or six of her other books since then. I think this one is my favorite. Okay. Um, I'm branching out. She's not Canadian. <clears throat> She's American. <laughs> oh! <laughs> but she lives in Dublin. Okay, well, I mean, there's a balance there. <clears throat> yes, and yeah. I would highly recommend, I know you, you generally, generally don't listen, mm -hmm. um, and I think the library, the Fairfax County Public Library, only has um, CD copies to listen to, not uh, mm -hmm. downloadable audio. But there are different accents in this. Um, there are Irish and a bunch of English accents, um, and maybe even a Scottish accent. And the reader does a fabulous job with them. So if you're okay. at all inclined to listen to accents, I would okay. say this one is a fun one to do. I will think about it. Okay. I, uh, you're right, I don't often listen because yeah. I I'm fortunate enough my commute's not very long. Yep. So I just don't listen that often. But I'll pick it up and see what I can do. I'm uh, I'm a little nervous about this one. Yeah. So we'll we'll have to we'll just have to see how it goes. The likeness by Tana French. Okay. The likeness by Tana French. All right. So thank you for joining us for you're making me read what? Even if this book wasn't your cup of tea, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. So join us next month when we will be discussing The Likeness by Tana French. Thank you, and keep on reading. <laughs>